Okie dokie. I want to read to you today from the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And in particular verses 11, 12 and 13. To me this is just an awesome scripture. It was he... <clears throat> Excuse me. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. I love verse 12. It goes on and tells you why. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And how long do we do it? In verse 13, it says. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Do you think it's possible for you as an individual or even us as a church to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Or is that just like, we'll put that one in the impossible basket because I'm only human and, you know, I live in a sinful environment and I can attain to a certain amount of uh, godliness, but until I get to heaven, I can't get the whole lot. I disagree with that statement. We do live in a sinful environment. But does Romans chapter 6, verse 6, not tell us that we are dead to sin? And when I looked into my auntie's coffin one day, she was there and she looked lovely. She didn't get up again because when you're dead, you're dead, folks, and that's it. And if we're dead to sin, our sin's in the coffin, the lid's nailed shut, and that she's buried six foot under, and sin no longer has a part of our life. So if sin had no longer has a part of our life, what is it that would stop us from attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Absolutely nothing. The devil is a liar and a cheat. Give me an amen if you agree with that. Oh, yes, this church is on fire today. Hallelujah. The devil's a liar and a cheat. Sin's dead and buried. So I'm going to preach to you a mighty message today and you'll go away from here and change the world. So, what is ministry? Is it the call or is it the fruit? Maybe it's the gifts or maybe it's a combination of the whole three. Ministry is defined as Christ's manifestation in and through a Christian. That's what I believe ministry is. Christ's manifestation 
through you. You are a Christian. You're born again. You're a believer. Your name is in the book. You're saved. You've repented. You've received forgiveness. And now it's time to allow Christ to manifest all of uh, what is attaining to the fullness of Christ. It's now time to allow that to manifest and come out of you. That's ministry. That's ministry. So... Ministry is about the call. It's about the response. It is about the career. It's about the instrument. Ministry is about the messenger and the service. That's there in a nutshell what ministry is about. Christ gave a gift to the church. And the gift that Jesus gave to the church is gifted people. That's the gift. It's not like, you know, a birthday present or something, you know. Where's God's gift? Oh, is it under the Christmas tree? No. Oh, did I get it for my anniversary? The anniversary of my salvation? No. God's gift to the church, the ecclesia, the ones that are called out from the world, is gifted people. Hands up if you believe you have at least one spiritual gift. Okie dokie. I believe everybody has at least a gift. Ah, not everybody uses the gift, but everybody has it. I got Ryobi for Christmas. I don't always use my Ryobi, but it's there. But if I was a chippy or a builder or something, I'd probably use it every day. But I've got a different gift from God. He didn't give me Ryobi. He gave me teaching. That's my gift. And teaching comes out of me. And I teach, well, I don't teach every day, but I teach Mondays and Wednesdays and Sundays, Tuesdays. Did I say Monday? Oh, I don't teach Monday. Monday is my day for being a student. <laughs> All teachers need to be students. And so God's gift to the church is gifted people. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. But folks, where do you fit in? Where do you fit in? Is this like the ultimate exclusive club? The purpose of gifted believers is to equip 
other believers for ministry so as to give them stability doctrinally and practically and to lead believers to find their own calling. That's what we must do. Lead believers to find their own calling. The calling. This passage shows us that all saints, and not just a few leaders, should be involved in, in inverted commas, ministry. All saints are gifted to serve others spiritually. But how can this be done? How can this be done? Where am I up to? Four. Uh, how can oh, I've lost my place? How can this be done? I don't fit. There you go. It's written in green. I don't fit into any of these five callings. Sorry, Pastor Stu, but um, you're on your own, mate, because. When this stuff was handed out, I was hiding behind the corner and I didn't get it. Wrong. Okay. Galatians 5. I want to talk about fruit. Everybody know what fruit is? Apples, oranges, mandarins, love, joy, peace. (laughs) Alrighty. Galatians 5 gives us a list of the fruit of the Spirit. And they are reflections of the character of God. What do you think about that statement? That the fruit of the Spirit are reflections of God's character. A reflection of God's character. So, we've got the list there. Let's take love. If you are able to love people, I love Pete and Lynn as Christian brothers and sisters, I love you all as Christian brothers and sisters, then if I'm able to do that genuinely, then I'm displaying a characteristic of God. Or let's say, Gaza says, Dad, I want to shout you to lunch. He's showing kindness, right? When you show kindness, you're displaying a characteristic of God. What do you think about that? Okay. You're all quiet. So it's homework time. (laughs) Go home. Write out a list of the fruit of the Spirit, okay? Write the list out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and don't forget self-control. Then go to your Christian friend, okay? Go to your Christian friend and say, can you tick the ones that I have? Ooh. And then... You tick the ones for your Christian friend. Then you get your paper back again and you can see where you need to work on. (laughs) (laughs) Good point, Peter. So, 
That's, that, that's, there's some homework for you. Check out the fruit of the Spirit and see if you are lacking in any area. And if you are, just drop to the knees every night until it's fixed up. Yeah? Homework. So, now, against this list, folks, there is no law. There is no law against this list. And it's interesting that... Who wrote this book? Uh, Paul. Interesting that Paul says that. Against such things there is no law. It's Galatians 5.22. I was thinking about that. What, well, like, what's the law? Like, in these terms, is the law like... The Ten Commandments, Old Testament law. Of course there's no law against attributes of God's character. There can't be, can there? I mean, fair dingham. Is there a law against being kind to people? Come on. Or is that one being passed in Parliament? Thou shalt not show kindness. In Victoria, but New South Wales are okay. So there's no such law in, because they are reflections of God's character. The fruit of the Holy Spirit affects the believer's relationship with God, others and self. And as Christians, as Christians grow in their relationship with the Lord, they develop unselfish love. True joy and lasting peace. What about unselfish love? Like, there's a type of love, isn't there, that, okay, I'm just in this for what I can get out of it, you know? And then at the end of the day, it's all done, I've I've got me biggies and I'm off. But that's not the kind of attitude that God's talking about. As believers build relationships with others, they challenge to reflect God's patience, kindness and goodness. And as believers mature spiritually, they discover an inner strength which results in faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Now, I want to go back and read that again. I really want you to get this. As we build relationships with others, right, we reflect patience, kindness and goodness as we build relationships with others. But as we mature spiritually, we discover an inner strength which results in faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So one is relational, the other is maturity. I find that very interesting. The life of Christ is manifested by the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? The life of Christ is manifested by the fruit of the Spirit. And if we have Christ in us, then our life should also be manifested by the fruit of the Spirit. 
Manifest is like the outworking. I used to only hear about people manifesting like in negative terms. Ho, ho, he's got a demon possessed inside of him. Look at the way he's manifesting. But it's fair enough to say, Denise has the love of God in her. Look at the way she's manifesting. Like, it's just as fair to say that, isn't it? The ministry of Christ is accomplished by the gifts of the Spirit. So ministry is accomplished by the gifts of the Spirit. And followers of Christ not only receive the blessing of God, not only do we receive the blessing of God, but also we reflect his character. So we've got the gifts are the blessing, the fruit is the character. So imagine if you had... Okay, let's imagine you had the gift of teaching, but you had you were very low on kindness. It might go like... Come on, you lot. We've gone over John 3, 16, 10 times and you still don't know. Now get a life. You know? It's just not really classroom etiquette is it like in the church situation there's got to be kindness there's got to be love there's got to be patience spiritual gifts are special special abilities given to believers for ministry and for service and God is the divine source of spiritual gifts you won't have a spiritual gift that doesn't come from God. And if you think you have, you're mistaken. I've got a reference here for you. 1 Peter 4.10. I'm not going to read it out, but but check it out or, or take a note or something. Um, spiritual gifts are special abilities given to believers for ministry and service. And God is the divine source of all gifts. And these spiritual gifts are not just given to the elite, okay? Each believer receives at least one spiritual gift, says 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. At least one. All spiritual gifts are to be used for Christian service. All spiritual gifts are to be used for Christian service. Now, there's one spiritual gift, the gift of, of um, uh, tongues, which uh, now I'm talking about, there's a couple of types of tongues. There's uh, prophetic uh, utterances given in tongues. That, that is a gift that edifies the church. But when you are praying in tongues in your own personal prayer time, that is a gift that edifies the individual But all other gifts are are for the edification of the church. Alrighty, where are we? The gifts of the Spirit are unique manifestations of the Holy Spirit. 
So we're talking about the Holy Spirit, folks. We're talking about the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God Almighty. You know, the one that said, let there be light, let there be fish, let there be birds. Let's make man. You know, it's his Spirit that gives the gifts. While natural or inherited talents are God-given, spiritual gifts are not dependent upon genetic codes and are specifically intended to serve others. Okay, just a little bit of homework here. Um, The gifts of the Spirit, or the term, let me say, the term gifts of the Spirit comes from a Greek word called charismata, or grace gifts. Divinely ordained means and powers with Christ endows his church in order to enable it to perform its task on earth. So spiritual gifts are ordained by God to enable the church to perform its function. Without spiritual gifts, the church would not function. Imagine if you had a church with no pastor. Imagine if you had a church with no evangelist. We're, we're, we've got the doors open every Sunday, but they're not coming in. Like, what's... Oh, we don't have an evangelist. Imagine a church without an apostolic ministry or with any of those five-fold ministries. Paul gives a list of the gifts of the Spirit. He gives two, two lists. There's one in Romans which has seven gifts mentioned, and there's one in 1 Corinthians that has nine gifts mentioned. So in Romans, we've got um, prophecy, prophecy, prophecy is missing. It's, it's, it's here, it's in the notes. Okay, we've got prophecy, service, teaching, encouragement, contributing to the needs of others, leadership and compassion. Okay, that's the, that's the list out of Romans um, and 1 Corinthians. Uh, we've got word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues. So, um, do I fit into any of these five callings? What do you reckon? Yes. Yes, 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 and yes. Okay, okay. I believe that everybody 
operates in at least one of these. And I'm going to explain why. Some people operate in full-time ministry and some people in everyday life ministry. God has equipped believers with fruit and gifts and the fruit and the gifts are to be used for the purposes of one, two, three, four. One, living a full and rich life. Fulfilling our calling in Christ, leading and equipping saints for the work of the gospel, developing and deepening our relationship with Christ. Think about the fruit that you display and the fact that you are reflecting the character of God. Think about the gifts that are for ministry and service. Think about the ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers and how at least one of them fits you. Now I know what you're thinking because I used to think that way too. I'm not good enough for that. I've got a long, long, long way to go before I serve God in that sort of capacity. Come on, Pastor Stu, get a life. But let me ask you, have you ever shared a scripture with someone? Hey, I was reading the Bible the other day and this verse just jumped out at me. Check it out. Which one? Which one is that? Sharing a scripture with people. Evangels? Teacher? Oh, have you ever shared an answer to prayer with someone? Oh, which one? All of them. Oh. Have you ever shared what God has done or doing in your life? Have you ever listened to someone else share their heart? Pastoral? You see, when you look at it like that, you're fulfilling the role. Okay, you might not have stood up here and got anointed with oil and, and, and put into the position, but that's, 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 that's a different scenario. That's a recognition of the gift in terms of church service. But I'm talking about everyday life. And you don't need to get anointed with oil to go, hey, God answered my prayer. I lost my wallet for five days and I found it and the money was still in it. You know, I'm talking about everyday everyday Christianity, just the nuts and bolts of everyday life. Your fruit and your gifts make you who you are. I encourage you to use them 
And today, go in the name of Jesus and bend an ear, lend a hand, share a word, pray with a friend, equip a saint. There's nothing, folks, nothing more satisfying than fulfilling your calling in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we pray that the revelation of this word will sink deep into our hearts. And Lord, that we'll have a good understanding of the fruit of the Spirit and spiritual gifts and, and how to use them. How to just show the characteristics of God through our lifestyle. And how to use the gifts of the Spirit to encourage and build up people both Christian and non-Christian. We pray today, Lord, that your inspiration will be strong in our hearts and it will go away today challenged, Lord, ready for ministry. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google... Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube and a whole bunch of other platforms. Feel free to listen. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.